morning. Welcome to the Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan, and I'm really happy to have Grant Whitaker here with me again. You've been here more than my mother lately. I know. It just seems like a role, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe my outfits are better. <laughs> You do look pretty cute today. Way to do the transitional. Like, I just, I can't do any more winter. I can't I just refuse. Yeah, it's like, it's like L.A. meets winter today. That is kind of what it is. But I think you're wearing it very well. What, where is today's jacket from, Grant? You know, to be honest with you, it's a, it's a a Black with orange trim. Yes, but it looks very, very, very bell staff. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I could be a billion dollars, but it's just not. It could be. I thought that the minute I saw it. <laughs> Didn't you think that too, Hope? Yeah. Well, and, look at you, though. You well, just you kinda... just always wonder. It's not, Yeah, you too, Allie. <gasps> Uh, mine is a Uniqlo find that well, I, mean, I ordered so by, it, I mean, it's just a, you know, like a modern bomber. And hope the, she's always the pinnacle <laughs> of beauty. <She laughs> Thank you. Always. Um, well, I, uh, I did my makeup for radio this morning just for you, Grant. I know it was just about time. You. Dang it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It helps when you do a fashion show at the crack of dawn before radio. I was just going to say, yeah, look at I don't you, Anna Winter. I like <laughs> no, hardly. Uh, but I did do the um, new and now fashion show and beauty event at Herberger's this morning. It's uh, it was amazing. You know, I had to be there at seven thirty a.m. There were women already lining up to get in. But and I was like, a fun ladies, event, you'll get a seat. Don't worry. But yeah, they get very excited. And, you know, it was funny. There was a great show and it's spring fashion and. A lot of cute pieces. Oh, there was this black and white check trench coat that I want. So many cute Ooh, trench coats. really cute. Yeah, really cute trench coats. A um, lot of great florals. A lot of embroidered and embellished denim, which was kind of interesting to see. Um, and just really pretty feminine dresses. Still it, a lot of the sleeve interest. I've and, actually, I mean, I've hosted once from with you there before. Is it always like trend perspective for like spring and fall? Yes, and- always. It's always the current season. Like these are the trends that you want to embrace now. Um, Did you see something that's like your favorite right now? Well, I'm telling you, I'm still thinking about this black and white trench coat that got snapped away from me. I knew it was going to happen, and the last one uh, was snatched up, so now I'm going to have to go to a different Herberger store and try to find it. Well, you know what? Um, Speaking of gingham check, like that kind of check print, you know, there's also like a lot of like, I saw the other day, like really adorable like combat boots. Yeah. With like that kind of check print. That's mm-hmm. super adorable. You could wear the trench and coat and the boots anything, and be set. Right. I mean, spring boots is probably a key for us this season. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we're not wearing sandals anytime soon. No, but it's nice to see them in like really fun prints, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was kind of weird timing, I got to tell you, you know, to do this show today because yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw the news, but there was a business article about, you know, Herberger's parent company, um, declared bankruptcy in February. Right. And so just yesterday, the story broke saying that Herberger's was probably now keep in mind, it said probably because this is not confirmed. And I talked to people there this morning that said that is way premature. But there was a story in the Star Tribune that said that three local Herberger stores were going to be closing, including the Rosedale store where I was this morning. To me, the surprise about that, I mean, it's not surprising if they end up having to close stores, given that they're bankrupt and looking for a buyer, but they just redid the Rosedale store. It's a brand new store. Completely brand new. It seems like, and that is really like I think of that store, frankly, as their flagship in the Twin Cities. The the East Metro loves her burgers. 
Well, and it's such, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful store. It's a beautiful location to go to. I think the merchandise within the store is really good. So what was nice to see, though, is, you know, it's funny because they said that they had a lot of people calling and saying, are you closing? Are you going to be open? First of all, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. And so they were like, yes. And then they actually ended up getting a bump in ticket sales for the fashion show at the last minute because people were calling just to find out what was going on. They're like, oh, you're open. Great. We'll come to the show. Do you think Great. it was a PR ploy for the fashion show? No, I don't. <laughs> I believe me, I don't. I mean, there are a lot of really, really nice employees there Absolutely. who've been there so long and who are just, you know. Know, keeping their fingers crossed that a buyer emerges and the stores stay open. So, and the and the reason why that news, which you know was kind of premature, got leaked, is because when a retailer is facing those kinds of challenges, they are obligated by law to announce to employees if there is any possibility that a store could be closing. And so because they are for sale, they're legally obligated to tell employees, this is a possibility. We could be sold. The store could close. It doesn't mean it's closing tomorrow. It doesn't mean it's closing at all. Right. But somehow that legal document got in the hands of the press and it became a news story yesterday. So, well, and you know, a good story is what you run with. Well, you know, some do and some wait for it to be actually confirmed. Correct. So anyway, that's the that's the scoop over there. Um, A few other happenings in the last uh, week or so. Did you hear that Zara is finally going to get some company in that North Wing at Mall of America? Well, it's just so interesting because like, you know, I mean, I know we're going to talk about exactly what that is, but I think there's been a lot of talk about what that actually was going to become. What that wing was going to become. Yeah. So this is the new wing, you know, the new grand entrance that Mall of America yeah. built. It's already, what, two, three years that and that's been open. It really is a beautiful space. It The, the wing itself is beautiful. J, um, JW Marriott anchors it. Um, there's an anthropology. There's the new food court, which is too fancy to call a food court. So it's culinary on North. That, of course, that space was used really heavily when the Super Bowl was in yeah. town. But, of course, the reason they were able to stage the whole media center there is because they don't have a lot of stores. There's a lot of empty space, including the entire second floor. It's such a shame, too, because they've done such great work with like having those gallery showings and things, too, and like the artwork. They've they've utilized it. Yes. I mean, remember the um, the art, the whole installation with the colors and the threads. Oh, my God. That was amazing. So they've done some cool things, but it isn't sustainable for a mall to have a brand new wing that doesn't have stores. So who is this new neighbor? You ready for it, guys? H&M. I know. <laughs> Does anyone want to scream or cheer? Or... I have to admit, oh. I, I like an H&M. I always say that they have some of the best T-shirts. Uh-huh. But it is a little surprising because, you know, I mean, it was also that gets announced. And then the, you know, the other news gets announced about the four point three billion dollars. Yes. And like overstock. overstock. How about that? Yes. That in their in their quarterly report, H&M, uh, it came out that they have four point three billion dollars in unclaimed merchandise, merchandise that never sold. That they have to figure. And it's also so fascinating because they are trying to amp up this whole sustainability program. And they do have this whole eco-friendly line that's made with recycled materials. Right. And so they've been talking about how much, you know, they have been saving and, and how, you know, millions of dollars in, in material that has been reused. And yet they just have this overwhelming amount of 
So let me fashion. ask you a question. So when we think about, like, let's say we go to a Marshalls, for example, and then we see, like, you know, kind of like the discount brands or some of that overstock that ends up there and we shop. Mm-hmm. Does it, you know, I've th- I thought about this a lot when reading that article. Where does that H&M stuff end up? Like, you know, we know sometimes that rest stock of Target ends up at a Salvation Army and you can go in there and do some shopping. And, you know, it's like you're shopping that clearance or yep. those samples. Yeah. Do, do you know anything where about where? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of the, the problem. I don't think that that merchandise ever sees the light of day at a, you know, at a discount store, right. like, because frankly, it's the pretty pipeline, discounted. Yeah, it's already, I mean, it, it's not frankly good enough generally to, to make it there. So it ends up either at like a local consignment shop, you know, a little boutique places right? or that material, ha- you know, and Gets I think that's why it's sort of like, and I think that the, the big companies are feeling that pressure now as people care more and are more aware that the pressure is really on them to, to figure out what to do with well, all of that. Well, it's not just the pressure. I mean, fast Fast fashion is a is a problem. It's a yeah. problem in in the sense that we want it, we want to consume it, we want to get a good deal. But then that overstock, you know, we're also we have environmental concerns too. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the shopper increasingly is aware of that and cares very much about that. So I think H and M's. I think it's called conscious that um, that collection has been very popular. And they, you know, it, it. So many of these companies, it's kind of smoke and mirrors where it's like you see the marketing and advertising behind that. And it looks amazing. And right. H&M has even done pieces that have made it on the red carpet and Absolutely. celebrities are wearing their eco-friendly style. And then then you hear these other stories. But meanwhile, in the midst of all this, H&M is opening this larger store. So they're already at the Mall of America, which is why we're not we're not knocking H&M. It's just that it's of course, it's not going to be a huge, exciting announcement because they already have a store. Yeah, they already have eight stores in the Twin Cities and 500 plus stores nationwide. But they are literally almost. I shouldn't say literally. They are almost doubling their size and moving from the West Wing of not not the West Wing of the yes, way, I you know, know. The, the West uh, Wing of MOA exactly um, over to the new North Wing across from Zara. So they'll also be a two level store just like Zara and be right across from them. So if they're opening, you know, like in terms of square footage, they're talking about forty thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Do you know how big the Zara store is? Um. A, Probably pretty similar, if I remember correctly, from when they opened. It'll be pretty similar in size. So the question is, does that begin to draw more people? You know, because everybody was so excited. Do you remember how excited we were for Zara? Oh, my God. I mean, that was like we were we waited and waited and waited. And it was such news when they opened. And then I remember being there the morning that it opened and there was no line. And there was no, it was just a very calm kind of thing. And I feel like most times when I'm at Zara, there are people, but it isn't crazy. It isn't like when you're at Zara in New York and there's an hour wait for the fitting rooms. It just isn't. It does make you wonder if they're going to open that store because it becomes about destination. Right. You know, and and like. So does that become the fast fashion wing, which is actually the complete opposite of what Mall of America set out to do when they created that North Wing, just to bring this full circle. They wanted it to be luxury. Yeah. Full on luxury. Yeah. Absolutely. that hasn't materialized. And now what they say is they're saving that for the next expansion. Got it. Got it. I don't know. I know. I don't know. But um, that's the news anyway. So um, they will, you know, they'll have a brand new, fresh, big store and uh, it opens pretty quickly. They're opening it in the fall. I wonder if that'll affect the Uptown store with the fact that Victoria's Secret is no longer there. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. God, think about that corner. What would we put on that corner? Help us out. Let's help all of the um, leasing people. What would you want to see on that corner at, of Lake and Hennepin, where that yeah. Victoria's Secret was? Ponder that. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, if you have an idea, 651-641-1071. We'll be back with more Shop Girls right after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Allie Kaplan with Grant Whitaker filling in for my mama. She's coming back. Believe me, she is coming back and she can't wait. My my mom is actually a terrible vacationer. I don't know if you know this about Harmony. She's like Cher. Why? <laughs> what is Cher like? Well, because you know she keeps doing those tours, but she keeps coming back. Oh mm. yeah. Well, yes. That's kind of my mom is just like she is really challenged to sit still. Oh. And she, she just she she gets antsy. She doesn't know what to do with herself. She with all know, that techno, you know, she doesn't like, like sand. She's, she's got a lot of issues. Wow. I'm like, mother, just soak <laughs> it up. She's doing research for her tech report. Oh, totally, all the time, mm-hmm. constantly, constantly. That <laughs> she's is such what a she's techie. Doing. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> um, well, I guess we have zero ideas for what to do with the Victoria's Secret space. Not one person. Well, call us if you have fashion questions. If you have ideas, Dang, you that, just want to talk to us. That does not bode well. I know what it should be. I know what it should Do be. You? you know what would completely re-energize Uptown? Do tell. Everlane. Everlane. Oh. That is that is the get of the century. If the Twin Cities could pull that off. I mean, I think it'd be amazing downtown, like in the Dayton's project where they're also looking for things that are new and exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, But I mean, if Uptown could get that, that would completely shift the energy again and, an bring it, and bring it back to what we think of Uptown being a little, you know, on the edge, fashion forward, alternative. What was your idea? Well, like, you know, in Santa Monica, the, the storefront of the store is so amazing. I could see it just really knocking the socks off of Uptown. I would love to see an All Saints open. Oh, yeah. With All like Saints the great sewing machines mm-hmm. and the window. Oh, well, the store space is so oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. Like, but they've had some issues. I mean, they closed their store on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Did they really? Yeah. Oh. So I don't really know what's going on with them. I, I've, you know, but, it's but, too they, bad. but you're right. They do beautiful stores, but they're just, their stuff is so expensive. It is expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's like Rick Owens, you know, but still expensive. But I agree. I love that store. And I love, I mean, their leather jackets are amazing. Um, Everlane, if you're not familiar, look it up and then you can thank me after seriously because it might completely change the way you shop. Do you ever go on Everlane.com? I do once in a while, but not as often. It's, I mean, it is basics. It's basics and it's very kind of, you know, understated you know, not so millennial. No, it's not your look. It is not your look, Grant. There's not a lot of orange. There's not a lot of camo. There's not a lot of fur trim. <laughs> None of the the zhuzh. That's that all right. I'll love. stick to the good tour. But the the what's so interesting about Everlane and they were just I was just reading in Fast Company they did their um, annual issue of like the the fifty most innovative brands Ten. and they were one of them and it's because. Of their transparency. And it gets back to what we were talking about earlier with sustainable fashion and people really caring about where does this material come from? Where is it? Where is it going? Um, And Everlane 
tells you you can go online and you see a sweater and it says this is where it was made at this particular factory. And if it was made in China, they tell you it was made in China. And if it was made in L.A., they tell you it was made in L.A. And it'll say it costs this much to make it. And we mark it up this much so that you know the whole process and you know exactly what's happening. And then you can decide like, okay, well, that seems reasonable. You've got to pay your staff. This is where the money's going. Or, you know, that seems ridiculous. And the markups are nowhere near what other brands are doing. But that in some ways is so you. You are like that smart shopper too. Well, I'm just, it's not me. I mean, it's a whole generation. I mean, I think that that it's very millennial. And I say that in, I mean, there is a shift happening in the way in what matters to companies customers and to listen to the guy who started the brand. I mean, this is what matters to him. It's not about trends or changing out clothes every season. It's about, you know, feeling really good about the purchases. Feeling responsible about your purchases. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Stephanie is on the phone. She's got an idea for a store. We were talking about what should go into that big, vacant Victoria's Secret space at Lake and Hennepin. Stephanie, do you have the answer? No, you did with Everlane. I was calling in to say Uniqlo. Oh, but then that you yep. said Everlane. <laughs> you like that one better? Like, yes. Yeah. Because yes, they are very conscious. Totally. Well, listen, I've been, I have been campaigning for a Uniqlo store to come here for years. And I mean, I have long said, you know, I think they'd be a great fit at Mall of America because it's kind of a, it's, it's not really fast fashion. You, you know, I mean, it's just affordable, really good, really good basics. Don't you think? Yes, and I like their collaborations. Absolutely. Great collaborations, and they're just, it's a high energy kind of place. I could see it at Mall of America, but I think what would really be a huge get is if Uniqlo ended up on Nicollet Mall. Well, that would be a game yeah. changer. Yeah, because I like all things too, like Grant said. Yeah, so I never actually buy anything there. Me it's, I don't me really too. live that life, but I love the way it looks. <laughs> I am so with I you, love Stephanie. It's like cheap Rick Owens. I like it totally. We are um, shopping soulmates to revive. Thank, Thank you, you for Stephanie, calling so in. much. Great ideas. Thanks. Um, yeah, no, uh, I totally, totally agreed on all fronts. But I, I, I think the key for both of those neighborhoods is trying to get something that isn't just. Another H, not not the tenth H and M in town, you know. Well, something and it goes back to the fact that you know, I think a lot of people have stopped thinking about the curated aspects of how like malls used to look, and you know, the thought process of not just getting in a retailer, but getting in something that's very unique and curated and taking the time. Right. You know, I mean, I, I you know, obviously, I'm on here with you because we both love to shop, and I always say like, I can go through a store literally, and I can skim a rack with my eyes and go, yes, that, no, not that. But sometimes it's hard. Like I think as we've gotten older, that you, you used to love that shopping experience that you would do. And mm-hmm. you would go and everywhere you went, there was something unique. Sometimes it is the same old same. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time it is. Um, well, here's something a little different that you might want to check out today or this weekend. Um, Crate and Barrel used to have, I, I don't know if you guys would be familiar, it's called Land of Nod. Anybody remember Land of Nod? I don't. So Land of Nod was a children's brand that Crate and Barrel bought. Okay. They didn't invent it, but they bought it and they've owned it since like 2001. Well, they killed it. They they said goodbye. They closed the stores. It was run as a totally separate company. Like not everybody even knew it was Crate and Barrel owned. And then Crate and Barrel said, hey, why aren't we doing kids in our own stores? Because if you think about it, you know, they get this huge, you know, everybody goes there when they're setting up their first home, when they are getting married and you set up your house and then, you know, you're kind of done. And then you such a great idea. You break a vase and that's when you go back. You know, but so they want to kind of continue that life cycle thing. So they're adding Crate 
and Kids. It's a brand new collection. They're they're keeping some of the best sellers from Land of Nod, but basically this is a whole fresh collection that is um, nursery, ba- you know, uh, boys and girls bedrooms and playrooms, adorable playroom decor. And so they're only starting it at 40 stores, and one of them happens to be the Galleria store. So it's there now, just a small sampling of it, and then there's more that you can order online. But you could go check it out this weekend. They're having an open house to introduce the brand. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, that the Galleria, for example, I think that's a good audience for it. I oh, mean, perfect. Yeah, the Galleria store is super excited to have it. And um, speaking of which, today would be, or today or tomorrow would be a good time to go see it because it's the last weekend to catch the flower show yeah, it is. at the Galleria. But, you know, getting back to Crate and Barrel, it was really interesting because... You know, with everything that we've talked about before, we're talking about how people are really concerned about quality. Yep. They have good quality. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, when you were reading that article, I mean, at cribs, like I went online to look and some of those like cribs are still like $400. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, not so cheap. It's, it's, it's not, not cheap. cheap. I mean, it's it's crate and barrel prices, but but it's um, quality. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at some of the cribs and thinking I wish this option had been around when I was buying. Exactly. I didn't get one I wanted to have that. a baby right away. <laughs> really? I can hardly wait. <laughs> I will buy it a crib. All right. Um, when we get back, we're going to hear about another really cool event. Um, if you have a little house envy or if you want to uh, get some inspiration, we'll tell you where to go this weekend. That is straight ahead on Shop Girls. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a great Saturday. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan. Grant Whitaker is filling in today. Thanks for being here, Grant. Hey, girl. I'm happy to be here. Well, you know where I kind of wish we were? I mean, not that there's anywhere I'd rather be than the My Talk Studios, but if just hypothetically we were out in the world, like, oh, in, a, in an hour, we need to hightail it out to this gorgeous house that Carver Junk Company has decorated. Now, don't get hung up on, on the junk part because it looks anything but. And Brandy is here to tell us all about it. Hi, Brandy. Hi. Thanks for having me. How is it going out there? It's been crazy today. Okay, well, first of all, let's 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 back up, set this whole thing up for us. Tell everyone where you are and what it is you're doing this weekend. Great. We are in Victoria, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, we are at a Stonegate Builders new construction house mm-hmm. in the Arbor Woods neighborhood, and um, we brought all of our typical refinished furniture, handmade home decor into this new construction house to help our customers see how that type of decor can work in a beautiful new home. I love uh, and it. I, and I think, you know what? I mean, it, that is so helpful because we, we are not all blessed with the ability to visualize everything. <laughs> and so it helps to really see it. It does. And then people can purchase things out of the house right as they walk through. So if people were coming in, because I think what you guys do is so unique. I love what you guys do. What would be like if somebody walked in, I walked in, what would be one tip you would want to share with me? Um, so about decorating or shopping? About decorating, <laughs> about about what you guys do at Carver Junk Company, both. Okay, so... Um, what we do, and I think what we do best, is mix a variety of styles. So we have some new things, we have some handmade things, and we have some refinished things. And um, we have designers who are here during the day that work with our customers, and we've got people who are clearing off the mantle and setting up all new stuff up there so that a, a customer can see what it might look like on their mantle. Um, but they're really our designers are great at helping people mix a variety of styles so that your house feels lived in and not like you bought it out of home goods. 
Sure. Oh, that's, that is such a good point. Yeah, it really um, is. And, exactly. And I don't think any of us want that. And we all are, frankly, you know, shopping at the same places. But at the same time, I think one thing that can be off-putting to people, especially if they don't really have it in their DNA to, to decorate on their own, is, you know, what... Let's say you want something that's vintage, but that's not really your style. You know, you're, you like things that are more modern or new. How do you mix it in? So um, our motto is typically, if you love it, you should fill your house with things you love. Um, so we mix in here antique pieces. Uh, with a more modern style by modernizing those pieces. So we may have a vintage piece that's now painted in a high-gloss white, Um, and that can bring that into a little bit more of a modern feel than if you left it the old antique solid wood color. Sure, good point. Um, do you? We're talking to Brandy from Carver Junk Company, and Carver Junk Company has decorated this whole brand new home, and I'm looking at the pictures of it online. We'll put a link on the Shop Girls page. It's a beautiful house, and you have literally um, outfitted every room? Every room. We even have stuff in the closet. Oh, my gosh. And how did you guys come up with this collaboration? Uh, so about... Three years ago, um, more sh- stores like ours started to pop up in the market, and we we brainstormed with our vendors, and you know what can we do to differentiate ourselves to really help people envision um, what why our things are so great for their homes, their our inventory, and we started throwing around ideas like, have you ever seen the show Million Dollar Listing? They hold a huge party in a house, and. We tossed around some ideas like that, and we thought, well, why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. That's uh, great. And so that's where it started. And we called the builder and said, we know this is kind of crazy, but would you would you let us use your house for a weekend? Yeah. Uh, and they said yes. And so wow. We, we haven't looked back. This is our fifth event this spring. That's amazing. And is this particular house in Victoria, is it for sale or is it already sold? This is the model for this Stonegate Builders neighborhood, so it is not yet on the market. This is the first house we've done where the house has not been available at the time of the event. Uh, um, but they can build this same floor plan, and mm-hmm. they have a couple lots still available in this neighborhood. That's awesome. Um, and when those lots sell, then this house will be available as well. Um, do you have a favorite room? I do. The whole main level. Can I pick a whole level? <laughs> no, um, you have to pick a room. room. <laughs> um, if I had to pick one room, the guest bedroom in the basement. Why? It is a perfect mix of some vintage, uh, a vintage bed. It's got a little pop of color in the dresser. The layout is just perfect. And uh, we did some really springy theme down there. So there's some vintage bird prints out of like an old um, an old book about birds, and she's done those in frames, and it's just a cool little mix of decor down there. Hmm, sounds great. So if people want to come see this, Brandy, what? how much time do we have left to get out to Victoria? So we are open today through the end of the day. Tickets are $15 at the door, and we're open until 4, um, and then tomorrow we're open from 9 until noon. I should uh, give a disclaimer, we do not restock for Sunday. So we've got a garage full of stuff today. We're bringing into the house as things sell. We restock and and restage everything. So it looks beautiful for the end of the day today. Um, Tomorrow's kind of the pickup day. So tickets are $5 at the door tomorrow. And so if somebody wasn't familiar with Carver Junk, like, can you give us a range of price points? Yeah, absolutely. We have, so for example, a dresser, um, a smaller dresser start at like $199 up through probably about $699 for a larger dresser. We have dining tables, depending on whether they're a pedestal-style table. Like we have a, a dining table here, a big round table that is 399 
and then we have tables up through fifteen hundred. Oh, that's great! And where and where can everybody find you? Will you tell us where the stores are, Brandy? Absolutely. We have one store in downtown Chaska that's open every Thursday through Sunday. And then our Minneapolis location is in South Minneapolis at 48th in Chicago, and that's open seven days a week. And then you can always find stuff um, that we post on Instagram and Facebook at CarverageOnCompany.com. I think it's such a clever idea, such a great way of, I mean, it's, it's good for the builder. It's great for the shoppers to be able, and it's a whole experience. Well, and it's yeah. great. I love the fact that, you know, you're showing people how to repurpose. Thank you. That is that is our goal. The whole goal of our stores is to show people what they can do with old furniture and how it can be modernized and refinished and, and fit into their home. It sounds like a lot of work, though, Brandy, especially the part that, like, as you see somebody walking out with a dresser, you must be thinking, oh, yay, and oh, my gosh, now I've got to go uh, redecorate that whole room. I think we moved four dressers up and down the stairs between last night and 9 o'clock this morning. So my team is exhausted. We won't do this again until fall. <laughs> Um, it is a ton of, of prep work, um, but so worth it. And, you know, we typically have a few hundred customers through. Um, for future events, we do sell pre-sale tickets as well. And Friday night, we do an early bird where we've got a bartender and drinks and all kinds of fun snacks as well. So wow. well, check be sh- that out for next year. Absolutely. But you, there's still time to get there today if you want to yeah. take a little road trip to Victoria. And why not? It's a sunny, beautiful day. Um, if you want more information, you can go on the website, CJ. Um, C, what is it? CJ Cat Home? CJ. Sorry, it's CJC at Home Cover Junk. Oh, there. Oh, my CJC God. I'm, la- I'm looking at, at it wrong. Thank you. <laughs> CJ at Home. That makes a little more sense. <laughs> Adding letters. Um, we'll put a link on the Shop Girls page at mytalk1071.com. And can, Brandy, can people just buy tickets right at the door? They sure can. Yep. Just walk right up to the front door and we'll get you in. Okay. Sounds well, like a great good advantage. luck. And then, Brandy, I think you should schedule a massage for Monday. I may already have that on the board. Okay, good. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for chatting with us. Great event. I hope it goes well. Thank um, you so much. And if you haven't been to to their stores, you really should. Have you ever been, Grant? I have. I, I think it's amazing. The, I was so excited when the one opened in South Minneapolis because I um, shop based on where ice cream is. And there's a really great, the creamery right, yeah, yeah. right next door and turtle bread. And so it's a whole little experience. Well, and I'm like a massive fan of flea market flips. So yep. it's so my genre. Oh, is that a show? Have you ever like, seen that? No. Oh my God, it's with Laura um, Laura Spencer from Good Morning America. She hosts this amazing, amazing show. It's about people that go in and they get a challenge. They have three things. They have to flip it. They get people to work with them and then they take them to a flea market and show how they upscale and upprice it and change it out. Really great show. Great for inspiration. Really? Where? What What network is that one on? It's on HGTV. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, counting down. I believe tonight is the um, season premiere of the second season of Nate and Jeremiah by design. Oh, good. Nate Burgess. I know you guys and, are like school friends. Yes. And I, I don't, did you see it last season? It was So the premise of this is that it's somebody who is kind of in over their head. They've started a project and then they're like, oh, my God, what have we done here? It's going to cost three times as much as we thought. We don't know what to do next. I am a fan of Nate's work. I and am. So I think they, he's really so great. So Nate and Jeremiah swoop in and kind of save the day and and help them, you know, Love figure that. it out. And I mean, it, and it's fun. And you get to see glimpses of their life, too. They just had a new little baby boy. Um, his name is Oscar, like oh, mine. Yes. yes. And um, you school girls, and you so stick together with your names. We do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, and so anyway, it, it's, it's cute. And you get to see their house as well. And I will tell you that, you know, I think people always wonder, like, how 
how much reality is there in these shows? When Nate was here a few months ago and we did an event together, the two of us went shopping at Retro Wanderlust in Hopkins. Yes. And Nate bought up half the store. Okay. And at the time, he was filming for this season, which will start. It's on TLC. Okay. Nate and Jeremiah. Um, And he was working on a house. And he said that he was so challenged because they do have a budget. I think people think a lot of times that they're, you know, it's just sort of sky's the limit. And, you know, they, they just call in favors. Right. And they do some of that. But I think they really do have a budget and they have to disclose exactly how much everything costs. And he said he was challenged to do one the whole team was like, oh, Nate will never be able to do it. He'll never be able to stick to the budget. He just can't do it. And so he's like, I am determined. And so he was bartering and he was making it work and he bought rolls of wallpaper and accessories and had it all shipped out. And so some of those things I'm sure will be in some of the houses this season. Great. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Um, All right. So that's a little scoop. When we get back, uh, we'll do a little whose look is it anyway? That's next on Shop Girls. Well, looking perfect, that really is the uh, question of the segment. That's for sure. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan. Grant Whitaker is kind enough to be here while Harmony is away. And uh, it is that time in the show where we take a look at a trend, we analyze it, we squint our eyes. We talk we, about it. <laughs> and we say, hmm, whose look is it anyway? I can't she's wearing that outfit. It's time for the shop girls to ask. Can I ask you something? Whose look is it anyway? It's amazing how many times we can do the same thing, basically. You know, we just keep, speaking of recycling, kind of the theme of the hour, uh, we just keep finding new ways to wear tracksuits, believe it or not. It's like the fashion merry-go-round. It really is. And I mean, this is one, obviously, you know, we we did it up big in the 90s. And there's a lot of 90s. Maybe that's what's happening right now. But in the 90s, also in the 80s, Run DMC. We've done it in every decade. We've all, you know, I mean, the tracksuit is just sort of a staple that has been elevated to a fashion suit uh, for, for many years. But right now, celebrities seem very, very hot on it. Rihanna in particular. Well, I mean, I think everybody is. I think it's like defining like what is chic travel gear and taking it into your daily life. Yeah. You know, and I think we're in that point where like, you know, TMZ can catch anybody in the airport and a chic tracksuit. And then do you think that's what it is? I think it's a big part of it. Like, you know, we see the celebrities when they're in transit. Yes. Well, you know, it's hilarious. I mean, think about it. It's a good way of looking at it. A cute little hat with a little glasses. You put it all together. Right. Little jewelry on the hand. It can get chilly on the plane. Or all of a sudden, you know, that perfect high heel with a tracksuit. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. So are you a thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm a thumbs up because I think it's one of those things that if it was really, really awful, it wouldn't keep coming back. True. And I think it's one of those things that it's like comfort fashion. And then you take that and you put it into a different way. I mean, it's the meatloaf of fashion. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like if you are a uh, let's say if you're a reality junkie and you turn on the, you know, Housewives of Beverly Hills. You know, Miss Erica Jane, boy, she can rock a tracksuit like nobody's business (laughs) and create an entire ensemble around it with hair and makeup. And, you know, I mean, 
So it's inspiring trends. So, but I think that uh, like many things that we see on TV, like the the beachy hair and the things that are made to look so easy, actually making a tracksuit look fashionable is not as easy as it looks on TV. No, but it's really fun to do. Okay, I have a so red, what's white, your advice? I have a red, white, and blue one that I just got, and I rocked it out with like a little black and white plaid coat over it and really cute boots. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the key is the heel, like wearing a heel instead of wearing sneakers? I think here's that the key. If brings you want, it up, literally. If you, you have to think about it. Like, are you the chic mom at the grocery store or the chic dad at the grocery store? Or are you just literally getting up off the couch with your potato chips and going to the store? True. So it's it's how you dress it up. So yeah, I mean a heel, a boot. It's like think about the tracksuit being your staple item and then think about all the key accessories that you can take it to make it fabulous. Right. Dress around it. From yeah. There. Okay. All right. Good, good advice. Um, so here, it's funny. There was a story, Grant, that you and I had talked about a little bit. Um, it was actually a business story this week. And then uh, uh, the headline was blue jeans are mounting a comeback. Right. As if blue jeans have disappeared from anybody's wardrobe. Is there anybody who doesn't have jeans in their wardrobe? Anybody? No. But did you read that? If you don't have jeans in your wardrobe, give us a call. But the point is, jeans have been feeling really sorry from the, for themselves since the yoga pants. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what was so great about that that paragraph was like, since the stretch pant came along, right. the jeans went down a notch. You know, it wasn't like your go-to item because everybody was like stretchy pants, stretchy pants. And then some people hated kind of the skinny pants. Yes. And in recent years, I mean, that has been the story that sales of yoga pants have outpaced sales of blue jeans. But then I think things, you know, start to come back around. And I mean, come on, you can love your yoga pants, but don't you feel a little more dressed up, elevated or good or, you know, when you're when you're in jeans? Well, jeans can be very sexy. Yeah. You know, they can be a little bit more fashionable and they can be super practical. Frankly, with a lot of the stretchy materials, your jeans can feel as good as yoga pants these days. But I think that's part of it. I mean, this article also talks about like, you know, denim had to get to a place where it had to get into the technology. Right. And it had to kind of come into like our 2000 era and go, yeah, we can be stretchy and we can be ripped up and we can be cool and we can be all of those things it's you know my favorite thing though is it talks about how levi's is kind of on an up and up again mm-hmm. you know i mean because when we think about american denim we think of levi's right right um so anyway everybody from the luxury brands the interesting thing is this talks a lot about you know kind of those longtime legacy brands like Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren, even American Eagle Outfit. It's not the citizens of humanity, and, right. you know, and those it's, it's some of those brands that sort of, I think fell by the wayside when all of the, when, when, you know, when premium denim became well, a big but that's, thing. I think that's what it was, was premium denim came into a place where, you know, our standard denim companies or regular companies couldn't figure out how to find that niche, mm-hmm. you know? And so now it's like, okay, we're back. Here's what we can do. We can take it. But again, coming into the, you know, our theme and storyline for the, you know, our entire segment today is it's, it's also about quality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Madewell. Uh, we've talked about Madewell jeans here. That's a that's one that I recommend to people, to women all the time. Um, they just they fit well. They've got a lot of different fits. Right. They're kind of modern. Favorite denim company. Well, I mean, 
I, I'm an equal opportunity denim wearer, I have to say. I mean, I, I love AG for myself. They just fit okay. me really well. Um, I find them at Anthropology. They've met Nordstrom. Right. I, I really like them a lot. Um, I also like Joe's jeans. My favorite white jeans are Joe's. But you know what? I think my most comfortable jeans, when you're talking about that, is NYDJ. Okay. We used to call it not your daughter's jeans, yeah. but then they realized that that might be a little off-putting to yeah. some of us who didn't want to <laughs> admit right. that that's where they were. And I don't have a daughter anyway, so now it's NYDJ and I feel a lot better about right. it. And they're super comfortable. They really are. So I like those a lot. Um, I love Paige. Yeah. I do. Pages. I think that they always have really great cuts and yeah. fits. What and, about for men? Um, you know, I think for men... You know, I have to be honest, I'm not a little, I'm not afraid of an H&M denim. Okay. Bringing it back around. I will know, H&M. but seriously, I, I think in terms of price points and what they do and in trends. Good. Try them on. Yeah. We'll be back with more Shop Girls right after the break. Don't go away.